welcome to the One Deeper Podcast. My guest today is Miriam Dehaus. Miriam is a PhD candidate at the Tilburg School of Humanities and Digital Sciences in the Department of Cognitive Science and AI. She works in social robotics and is the instructor for the Autonomous Systems class. We talk about social robots, avatars, AI, virtual reality, and everything else in between. The topic of robots and their role in our immediate environment in the coming future is endlessly fascinating. And so I hope you enjoy this conversation with Miriam Dehas. And we're live. Okay, Miriam, thank you uh, for taking the time to uh, sit down and chat with me about nonsense for a little while. I appreciate it. Yes, of course. Um, nice to be here. Uh, yeah, so like, you know, this has been a really interesting uh, journey for me to sort of like getting people, like basically it's been me convincing, peop- convincing people who, who have better things to do with that at the time to sit down and talk to me for a little while. <laughs> but uh, well, yeah, okay, so, you know. So, um, yeah, it has been great. So I'm just excited to talk to you, like, because uh, you're like, because, you know, because of your PhD, because you're a PhD student, and I also like want to get to talk to you about their social robotics and uh, see what's going on there. Well, do you want to give us an intro about yourself real quick before everybody who's listening? Uh, sure. I'm uh, Miriam De Haas. I'm a, an assistant professor at Tilburg University at the Cognitive Science and Artificial Intelligence Department. Um, I say assistant professor because I have my uh, defense in one month, in three weeks, actually, uh, at the oh, time nice. of okay. uh, this recording. Um, so that's why I'm uh, already introducing myself as an assistant professor. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, uh, okay. So getting nervous, but it's uh, going to be a good time. <laughs> oh, this is great. So I, this is uh, this is really interesting. This is great because I because I would love to talk to you about that whole process and like you know. What 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 that entails? Yeah. So, but let's just start from start from the beginning. Like, how did you get? So, like, how did you how how did this this trajectory of ending up in social robotics? How did it start? Let's go back to like high school. What, what were you up to in school? Yeah. So, um, I I forgot to tell actually that my research is in uh, social robotics and then specifically child robot interaction. Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe that's good to know. But um, high school, I don't know when I st- like when I started to look for a study program to um, to do after my high school. Um, I wasn't completely sure what I wanted to do, so I was thinking about whether I wanted to do computer science or psychology, and I was a little bit doubting between that. Um, and then I spoke to someone who was going to study artificial intelligence, and I was like, hmm. Sounds interesting. I will Google this later. <laughs> and then when I Googled it, I was like, oh my God, this is, uh, uh, this is actually what I want to do. And then um, I started my program in Nijmegen at the Radboud University. I did my bachelor there and my master. Um, I also went abroad during my master program uh, during, to Glasgow University, or to Glasgow, I started at the university. And um, yeah, from there, I did an internship at Eindhoven University. Uh, I, I just really wanted to use robots because I started to use robots during my master. Um, 
And then I saw this saw a vacancy for a project for a PhD project uh, at Tilburg University, and then I ended up at Tilburg University. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. So you've been you've 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 been uh, you've been around you've been, you 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 you've been around, I guess. Yeah. Um, so in in the Netherlands. <laughs> in the Netherlands, yeah, right. So nine nine nine. How am I saying? Nijmegen? Yes. <laughs> so that's in the north, right? If I'm not uh, it's the north from Tilburg, but it is the middle of the Netherlands. Oh right, yeah. right, 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 right. Okay, okay, cool. That's cool. So what did you do for your bachelor's? Uh, you did AI, you said, right? Yes. Yeah, they have a bachelor okay. uh, at the social sciences faculty, uh called artificial intelligence. And I uh, okay. did my bachelor and my master there. Yeah. Oh nice, nice, mm -hmm. nice. Okay, cool. So um so, so this PhD thesis, you're pretty, you're feeling, feeling pretty good about the defense. Like, how does it, so what's the, give me the, like, how do you, what is this, how does this whole thing work? Um, well, um, like, I'm not nervous yet, but I'm going to get nervous um, when I'm getting closer, of course. Um, but in, mm -hmm. the, in the Netherlands, it's um, a process of one hour. So the defense is an hour uh, at the Aula Auditorium of um, Tilburg University. And we have a committee, so there's a PhD com defense committee, and they're going to ask questions. Mm -hmm. um, and each person gets, I think, around 10 minutes, a little bit less, uh, to ask questions, and then I respond. Um, and if I did well, then I get yeah, my, my PhD at the end. Okay, so who's 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 on this panel? Like which who 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 are the people that make up these people who asking questions yeah so normally the um, your supervisor together with me are talking about who's, who's going to be on the on the defense committee and those are researchers within the same field as me so there are robot researchers in my case mm -hmm. and um they shouldn't be linked with me this so they shouldn't have uh, re done research with me earlier or during my defense but um, I have seen them, of course, during conferences, for example. So I know who they are. I know what kind of research they do. And they read my book. So you write a book if you uh, do your PhD. And at the end, you have around six chapters, for example. Um, and the committee reads that. And then they can ask questions about those chapters. Okay. So they're not specifically from Tilburg? Are they, are they professors from outside Tilburg? Also? Yes. Yeah. So the idea is that there's at least one person from Tilburg University. So in my case, that's Peter Spronk um, from the CSI department. And then I have uh, other uh, other researchers. So yeah, I have one from Amsterdam, one from Nijmegen, and one from Til uh, no, from Eindhoven University. Okay. And so who's uh, who's the supervisor for your PhD here? Emil Kramer, who's um, head of the department of cognitive and communication science. Cognitive oh, right, and okay. communication uh, department. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. So I, I read read about the, like uh, the L two the L how do you call it L tour L two tour L two tour yeah. So I was just reading yeah. I was reading about it and I watched that video. So let so I want to talk to you about this uh, interact this intersection between robotics uh, and social robotics, especially, but with with children. Yes. 
So what's what? Just give us a like a overview of this project, like how teaching second languages to kids. Yeah. So I did my PhD in an Horizon 2020 uh, program. That's an official term. It's a European funded uh, uh, project, which was called Altutor, and there were five universities involved. Five or six many uh, multiple uh, universities involved and two companies and together we we um, had some projects working towards the end goal creating a robot a humanoid robot um, to teach children a second language and in my case that was um, yeah it was mainly focused on Dutch children learning English very young children of five years old and um, I was focusing on how the robots could keep the children engaged over time because yeah so we yeah children are very excited in the beginning when they have new right. technology well i think everyone is and then so right. after a while if you get used to the technology you're yeah you get less interest your right. engagement increases so what's the motivation to have a build a robot to teach children like um well of course i would say that human teachers are always better so um it's okay. technology are, is probably not going to be better than humans. However, we don't have enough humans to always right. teach children. And actually an, an, an additional benefit is that technology, like a robot, can speak all languages. So if you, for example, have um, Turkish children's children moving to the Netherlands or Ukrainian children moving to the Netherlands um, and they want to learn Dutch, you don't have a teacher that can speak all the other languages. Uh, of those immigrant children and a robot in theory can speak any language and then help those children make connections between the Dutch words and the Ukrainian words, for example, or the okay. Turkish. So to teach so I mean to, to teach the robot this language, like what kind of backend are we using? Like Google's like stuff or like are you building your own NLP stuff from scratch or how does this work? Um I wasn't involved in that particular part, but we what we did, did we just used the script basically, and we implemented it ourselves. And um, we also did an experiment where we had Turkish children, and then we had a student who spoke, who speaks uh, Turkish, help us implementing the Turkish sentences. And it was um, it was not text to speech; it was just a script that the robot was following, uh, to make it easy for us, and also to make it consistent between children, so that the robot would not deviate between the the children. Okay, so how do how do kids react to this robot? Like, how how do they engage with it? Um, they were there's so many, children are very different, but uh, the main reaction was, of course, that they really liked it, they really enjoyed it, they found it fun, um, they were really excited with the robot. They wanted to be friends, so they saw the robot as a friend mostly. Um, they also wanted to touch the robot and hug it, so that was always like really fun. I got always a lot of energy from them um, after the experiments. And um, yeah, so I always also ask children about their perception of the robot. So I ask them questions like, um, do you think the robot grows or do you think the robot can eat? Um, so uh, testing whether the children saw the robot more as a human or as a, as a, as a computer. And I got mm -hmm. such fun responses. I got like responses like, oh, I think the robot is a boy because he doesn't have hair. So it is bold, <laughs> kind of things. Yeah. Or like, um, do you think the robot can grow? Then they would respond, no, I don't think it can grow because then it can't uh, reach the electricity anymore. 
because then it's too tall for the socket. Interesting. Yeah. Or like, uh, do you think it can eat? And then, no, it can't eat. Well, maybe it can eat, but only spaghetti because the mouth of the robot is too small. Oh, and the right. other bites. <laughs> that's pretty. That's pretty clever. Actually. Yeah, yeah. So there was a lot of fun. Um, also, and it, yeah, to compare like children how they responded to those questions beforehand and after the scenario. So that was uh, that was very interesting. Yeah. So, so none of the none of the children responded with a Skynet uh, uh, and AI taking over the world scenario. They're too young to know. Yeah, that. exactly. They were too, they were too young <laughs> to say those right, kind right. of things. Yeah. So, so as far as they're concerned, everything's awesome. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Everything everything's great. Yeah. And and like so, there was no so did they find so they found fairly intuitive, I guess, just like just to interact with the robot. Yeah. Yeah, and that. that was actually also really interesting to see because. Um, children adapt so quickly, um, faster than us as adults, because like, for example, they, they started to talk to the robot about things they did during the day. So like, oh, uh, yesterday I went to my grandmother uh, and my grandfather and we did like fun stuff. We went to the Efteling or something um, mm -hmm. and the robot would respond to that because it was just like, yeah, as we as I already said, like it was fo uh, following that script. And then they immediately realized like, okay, I can tell this, but the robot won't respond. So, okay, that's fine. I'm completely fine with that. And I will just continue with the experiment. That's okay. So it was like so interesting to see how quickly they would adapt to those scenarios. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, I mean, I haven't, you know, like I, I have a engineering background, but I never actually got the opportunity to, um, interact with sort of robots in the, like in, in the way that they're, they're built, they're being built now, which is, which is uh, really advanced. Right? Mm -hmm. Yes. And, yeah. and, and now it seems pretty complicated. Like it seems like it can do a lot, a lot of pretty cool stuff. It, it can, but it's also, uh, so you can create a lot of uh, fun interactions and, um, um, you can also create yeah, so like now it can move its arms and its head and its legs and everything. So it can create some fun interactions. However, it's also less advanced than you might expect because sometimes you want stuff. So you want the robot to jump, for example, or to run around. But that's really complicated for robots um, or to grab certain objects from a table. That's just, we do that as humans very easily. We don't think about those kind of actions. And um, it's very difficult for a robot to implement that. Um, especially for now. So that's not really an option with now, ro with now robots. Um, there are robots who can do that better. That's uh, definitely true. Um, but it's still pretty difficult for robots to do those kind of manipulations. Yeah. So, I mean, like, uh, no, I, like, I, like, I, I guess it, at a rudimentary level, we've been working on robotics for a long, long time as humans, right? We're trying to figure out how to make make things that can do things that we can do. But like, it makes you really appreciate how easy we have it, right? Like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And also like everyone has such high expectation of robots and that's fun, but it's also, so, we, we all have to understand that we have, our expectations are basically too high at the moment. So we should start lower and then move up instead of having like this yeah, deep yeah. degrees. <laughs> So yeah, uh, so I mean, I spoke to Giacomo about this. Like, so I I interviewed him uh, 
yeah, they, they were yesterday. Ah, nice. And um, and really talking about the Tesla bot and you know the announcement that you know Musk made about a humanoid robot that can like you know basically do a lot of lot of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jack was not convinced. He was like, "That's there's no way that's gonna be possible anytime soon." Uh, yeah, I, I don't know if you I, I don't know if you've seen it or not, but uh, I haven't seen the Tesla bot, but um, um. Yeah, I, st- I, I think I agree with Giacomo that we, yeah, we don't, we won't see it that soon <laughs> that robots can do everything. So what does it take for a robot? I mean, like, from, from what I can see, it doesn't take much for a human being to have a reasonably social, like a human-like interaction with a robot, right? Like even, like even, even if it's just like, just like two dots on a, two dots on a page, Moving around, we immediately think, "Oh, look, that thing's doing that," and you know, he has these feelings. Yes. So we we don't really have to no. create all these things. We can just project them onto the onto the. Yeah, right? yeah, that's actually part of my re- uh, research. I did uh, some studies at anthropomorphism. That's the word. Uh, how human-like uh, that we project human-like properties to certain objects. Uh, we do that also with like. Um, yeah, indeed, with like dots on the wall or like clouds that are shaped as sheep or um, our robot uh, vacuum cleaner robot, for example, that's also like part of the the household almost. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So, yeah, yeah, we attribute like these human-like properties to to objects, and I think that's fine. But we just have to deal with them. So we have to understand that. Um, that people do this and then they have certain yeah, expectations. It comes all, all comes back to expectations um, yeah. that researchers have to take into account. Yeah. So like, um, I, I always try to bring this thing thing back to sort of how we treat other people, right? Like, like for example, I mean, for, like I know, I know that you're a human person, right? <laughs> I mean, like, like I, I mean, I don't know. You could be a robot. I have no idea, but like, the 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 point is like there's a like the this ability to um, anth- anthrop. I can't say the word. No, that's okay. But you can say that, it. That, that, that one. Yeah, that one. Uh, so like, we, we sort of do that with with other people as well. Right? Like, like in a sense, it's really impossible for me to know what you're feeling and how what you're doing and how you're feeling. Like a lot of it is like I see your reactions and what you say, and then I infer certain emotional and like mental states based on those. Yeah, things. yeah, exactly. We have empathy for for other human beings, um, and children, and 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 animals, and everything. So um, yeah, that's that's part of human being, and it's also important because then you can also um, change your behavior for certain people because you can understand how they feel. At least you project. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have some sense of how they feel, um, and then you change your behavior around them because some people might not cope with the same reactions as you would have with other people. So I think that's uh, part of being a human. Um, For sure. Yeah, social interaction. Like, yeah. I don't know. Like, I, you know, I <laughs> honestly, I don't have to. I don't have to think of like you know, like I when I think about social interaction and, and like robotics. I'm mostly just thinking about myself because like I like I think like I have a hard enough time managing interactions on my like in my own life right mm-hmm. and if, like and I'm a I'm a competent human person 
So like thinking about how to uh, like structure those social interactions is hard enough as it is. But I, I, I like getting a robot. Like, like, do you think it's a really important part of building something that will be used every day in like people's lives? Like the, having that strong social interaction component. I, like compared to like a Roomba, you know, like who just walk, who just moves around the floor and just does this thing. Yes, I think so. I think it is quite important because um, like, um, so that's also a part that I saw with my experiment with, ch- with children. Um, they do adapt. So, and they, so they have very high expectations of the robot in the beginning. Like for example, that they can tell a story about their, their grandfathers and their grandmother. Um, and the robot will respond to that. And if the robot doesn't respond, they immediately understand that, and they they change their their um, um, their perceptions about the robot over time. And I think that's fine because we, we adapt. But it's that's also part of of um, when a new child interacts enters the classroom, then children will also they they have to create some common ground together with that child what things that child likes or how it reacts to certain responses. So I think that's also the case with other humans. With with robots, it's of course the case that robots are less advanced than humans. Hmm. So we have to do some more adaptations, um, fine tuning. But So, you know, like, so uh, Tesla gave its cars the ability to dance. Yeah. Like, like I, I, I don't know if you've seen yes. those videos, but like, yeah. it's... It's it's pretty neat, right? It's like it's like oh look, yeah. this, it can it can move around, it can dance, like mm-hmm. oh man, uh, like this whole robotics uh, thing is is completely new to me. Like I haven't uh, like even really thought about it in the sense that like uh, in the sense of like I'm just curious about its place in the future. You know? Yeah, yeah, I think the. Yeah, there's so many different robotic fields as well. But like every single research unit has its own small parts to play. Like some researchers only focus on the dances, um, or um, like so bas- basically, how can we create like behaviors that are fluent uh, enough? Other researchers only focus on expressions in the face. Uh, look at Sophia, for example, the robot. Um, but, um, and others focus on so- the social aspects uh, with robots that are already uh, used in, in the world. Um, but I do think that robots are going to become a larger part of, uh, of, of the future because they are there, they're getting more advanced and we don't have enough expert pe- humans um, that, um, that can do those tasks. So for example, teaching children a second language, um, if you have a robot that can do that and a human who can't because the human doesn't speak that language, for example, how great would it be if we have a robot that can teach children every language? So like if we say, oh, please learn Chinese and they can just go with a robot and learn Chinese. I don't speak Chinese, so it would be great that um, some technology can help there. Um, yeah, but there's going to be a lot of resistance from people who will be like, of course, take, take my job, it's crazy. Yeah, of course. But I also, I see the robot only as a tool. So it's a, it's a tool like a computer or an iPad or something to help us, but it will never remove the job from the, the human. Yeah, I, I read recently about 
some AI implementations in China where they're they're really going hard on the robot robot tutoring or like the AI tutoring like idea. So because there's so many people, right, and they need to teach all these people how to do this, like you know, programming, mathematics. Yeah, exactly. And they're really heavily invested in uh, in tutoring people with AI. Yeah, and it also creates some opportunities like the robot can frame itself as um, as a friend. So like if you have a human teacher, that's probably always going to be an adult uh, or yeah, it's probably going to be an adult or a little bit older, more advanced person. Um, so there's a different um, hierarchy. 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 Yeah, that's the word that I can say. Yes. <laughs> uh, between the human and the child, um, if we look at children. And a robot can frame itself a little bit as a peer so that the child mm-hmm. can um, have a different inter- interaction with it. So it, it might understand, like, if it's um, about learning how to take turns during a game, it's a different this different scenario if a child plays with a chi- another child and it learns how to take turns. So, for example, a robot child, um, than with an adult, because the child will also always think that the human is more advanced or the adult will be more advanced than the than the peer where it's playing with. So that's a different right. dynamic. Or you also have, for example, a project where children are actually teaching the robot how to write different letters of the alphabet. And while teaching the robots how to write, um, they are learning be- to write in a better way because right. they have to explain yeah, yeah. like how to make the shapes. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. And that's an opportunity and that we don't really have when you have adults. Yeah, uh, for sure. And like, uh, there's a different dynamic when you're like learning from a peer versus learning from a teacher like you. you say, yes. There's a difference. Yeah. Like, so I know, I know like, uh, so, uh, so I TA calculus, right? Mm-hmm. And, so, and some of the sessions I handled them on my own. And Giacomo and uh, and and uh, can't remember his other his name. Federico are not there, and the people are much more relaxed. Yeah. And they're like they're like they're less afraid to ask questions because because they're not worried about looking stupid. And so like, yeah, exactly. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's uh, that's a, I always also experienced that when I was a TA as a student, and when I'm yeah I'm now a lecturer. So that's that's already a different dynamic. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So I mean, so so there's also. So, okay, so I have this concern, right? Well, it's not a concern, but like this this idea. One of the things that say AI or like, you know, let's say just a, an advanced economy, like let's say uh, the, the Netherlands or whatever, right? Uh, one of the things that an advanced economy like this does well is that uh, if, it, if something can be taken care of by some other agent in the market, it gets taken care of, right? So, uh, so uh, like, what I'm leading to is um, elder, like, 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 like all the people, like, like the care of elderly people and robots. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, where I'm from, that would like that would be sort of like a taboo. Right? It's yeah. Like, it's like no way. You, like you, you. It's up to your family to take care of the people that. You know, took care of you like it's like it's only the it's only reasonable that you take care of the people that spend so much time taking care of you as, mm-hmm. uh, as a child and 
the different attitudes about that different wherever you go yeah that, that's definitely true i think it depends on the country like the netherlands is pretty um pre- pre- people are pretty individualized individualistic mm-hmm. um also yeah most most families don't have a lot of children for example so they don't don't have a lot of children to take yeah that can take care of their the, the adults of the elderly um and then you need some other mechanisms that can help you there because um, when i look at my parents the, yeah my grandmother only has two children and they ch- those two children can't be there every single day that's just not an option so um then you have to have some kind of mechanism or like some kind of system in place that that support can come from someone something else um and um it's actually interesting because my my grandmother is placed in a an elderly home uh, a few months ago and i saw when when i was walking past um past the other apartments that there were actually cat robots in those places that people can take care of um (laughs) And that's really nice to see because then you actually see the the impact that you can do as a researcher because then actually people are using a robot in their daily life um and it's not that advanced yet because it's meaning like it's a cat robot so they can they can pet it um and it spins and everything and you don't have to feed it so that's the advantage there if you compare it to a real pet um but you already see that there's some yeah some systems being used and people are are supported by it right i mean like so some cultures are they've been they've been like messing around with the robot robot idea for a long time like like japan for example mm-hmm. yeah they're all about that mm-hmm. like they're all about the robots they're all the, they're all about the exoskeletons and like yeah. the, the the augmentation because like that's been part of japanese sort of uh, sci-fi and like that so I, I i mean i i'm i love animes and like sci-fi and, and and sci-fi stuff so i've been sort of immersed in that for a while but they're all about that like mm-hmm. you know the, like augmenting human in the human experience using robotics and uh, yeah and stuff yeah and i think it's also changing so it's like of course maybe the older generation uh, does mind but like the newer generations to follow us um, will be more comfortable with robots. Also because they become more advanced. Like if it's just a robot that can drive around and hits a wall the whole time, like vacuum cleaner robots. Um, you, yeah, it's like, yeah, it's, it's good for cleaning the, the floor, but furthermore, it can't do anything. Um, but if it gets more advanced, then you can also expect more from them. Right. So, I mean, so one of the things that I've been thinking about is like this, as we get better and better with AI and robotics and and etc. We are we are making a world that is more like, for example, Netflix will recommend movies that you want to watch, mm-hmm. right? YouTube will recommend movies that you want to uh, videos you want to watch. Yes. Amazon Amazon recommends books that you might like, mm-hmm. right? And these are really useful in the sense that because there are so many options. Yeah. Uh, it narrows the search space really well, mm-hmm. right? Like you know like if you've used Amazon for long enough, like the recommendations it gives me are actually really good. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that, that sounds yeah. good, right? Let's watch that or like, let's read that. And what, what I'm thinking about is like, is that sort of, there seems to be, there is a downside to that. It's like, it's hard to relate to other people when the entire, your entire worldview is 
everything you see in your world is perfectly tailored to exactly what you want like if you go on youtube if you go on facebook the news you see or the or the posts you see are the ones you ones that might that you might like you know twitter same thing like yeah. so my thing so if we extend this to robotics right and then we get all the and we have this robot that knows exactly all the jokes we like and like the kind of things we want to talk about and the places we want to go and it's humanoid and it's like you know it can walk around it can do all these things what where does that leave uh, human beings in terms of just even social interaction like that sounds pretty i don't know i i'm, I'm not like i have a kind of a dystopian tilt in mind in the way my in the way of my thinking but i'm just just curious as well, as well, what you might think yeah that's so interesting that's um very interesting to come up with uh, Yudesh. it's um i i do agree so we're we're try we're thriving for um we really try to 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 get personalized recommendations for everyone indeed and um that wasn't the case of course obviously uh, it wasn't the case because everyone was reading the same same newspaper in the from the start mm-hmm. um or the same movies because there was just one channel that <laughs> yeah. Um, three movies yeah and you had something <laughs> to talk about um but i i think you will i think actually it creates the opportunity to um because we also have the internet for example to uh, find people online or in the world in the whole um world right net that um have the same interests as you and if you're the only one who have that in who has that specific interest there will be other interests that you have that other people still have um and then if you look at for example sports well the, uh, like a soccer team or something that's always the case and it's always going to be local um, and you will always find people locally that that have the same interest at, um, as that same sport as you. But if you have a different hobby and normal, like you used to do, have to do it on your own because no one did it, or maybe you weren't actually able to do that hobby. Um, now you can find people online who can help you with that. So that's actually the, yeah, the benefit of, um, of this part. Actually, like, like if you think about it in a sense, so my, so what I think, I think, have you seen the movie Her? Yes. Okay. So what I think is that seems like the most likely thing to happen first. Mm-hmm. Like, like, a com- like, a, like a completely conversational slash search bot. Right? Yes. That, that you feel connected to in the sense that like you talk to this person all the time. You, you, it knows who you are, like all these things. That seems, more, that seems pretty feasible. Like if I'm just, from, just from the things that we know. Right. Um, I'm not sure whether it's feasible, um, that feasible as you think, because I, um, like the conversational AI, it, it, it works, but it's not that, it's adv- it's getting more advanced and more advanced and more advanced, I know, but it's not at that level yet. Um, right, right. And I'm also not completely sure whether that will get to that level, um, as in the movie Her, um, that soon. I mean, yeah, like Scarlett Johansson is an amazing yeah. voice in that. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't think, I don't think it'll get there no. anytime soon. But I feel like you know the 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 robot body the body problem is super complicated compared to that. That's true. Yeah. So maybe an avatar, indeed, or something like that will be easier to uh, to use. I think it's also pretty difficult to to um, 
um, like to that the computer understands the intonation or like the meaning behind your words. So like understanding basic comments is pretty is is fine. Um, but if you make a joke, for example, then the robot has to understand that it is a joke. Uh, I'm actually not sure how no. far the computers are uh, with interpreters, those kind of things. But um, or like if you say something sarcastically, that's also sarcastic. I was just about yeah. to say that, like sarcasm. It's like that's tricky. Yeah. You know, that's a very human thing. Yeah. sarcasm is uh, such a it's such a human like such a tricky thing to, to sort out. Even for like other humans, it's even hard for to humans, yes. But and also yeah. in different languages, it's more difficult because then. Uh, oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, some some languages like sarcasm doesn't work well at all. Like at least like in, in like in my language, like I have no idea. Like it's like so I consider myself a native English speaker, right? Mm -hmm. But I also speak Sinhalese. Yeah. And which is like a tiny no one no one the only country in the world that speaks speaks it is where I'm from, Sri Lanka, right? And uh, sarcasm is super difficult in that language. Like it makes sort of sort of makes no sense. It's like. <laughs> hmm. Uh, but, but so like can you use sarcas sarcasm in english then in yeah yeah okay yeah, yeah. that's like well, sometimes i'll try to speak like like because i think in english mm -hmm. right and so i'll come up with something sarcastic and translate it into singlese and, and my parents will be like what no don't don't say that i'm like no that's, that's a joke they're like no i don't know i don't know i don't know what you mean but uh no it's cool like uh, all these little weird things that uh we do with especially with language is uh, putting that into something like a robot is pretty interesting yeah like um yeah and with you like you get the, um, the embodiment factor so like you can you can use an avatar who says those who says those those words and i think the difference between a robot a physical robot in the same world as an avatar um I mean, they have different uses, definitely, and uh, you have a different interaction with them. Um, but uh, with a human, you have, or with a robot, you have the the aspect that it's in the same physical world as you. So you you have, yeah, um, you might have a different bond with them because, like a computer, you can shut down. So the avatar, you can just shut down and put away, and a robot, you can also shut down. But it's, uh, yeah. It's a little bit different because it's still in the same space if you shut it down so you don't you still see it um so there it, it creates a different bond as well with humans having that physical right, right, entity. Right. like so i mean this is really like a strange thing to think about it's like <laughs> like okay so like for me in, like so in, in terms of like a hierarchy of things that I expect to happen, right? So I was thinking, okay, I was thinking most like, like I, I was thinking a lot of research in robotics would probably be first lead to advances in sort of prosthetics mm -hmm. and like, you know, like, like, so yeah, like, would I, sorry, sorry, go ahead. that's also very useful because that's something that we just need. Yeah. Right. So I was thinking like, would I would I replace my hand with like a fully metal like insane like 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 at what point like at what point like how good would it have to be for me to say you know what this hand is limited I'm gonna get a better one you know like how how like what would what would that what would that hand need to be like for me to decide to 
replace this with that? Yeah. Um, so I think mostly it's of course for people who lost their hands and then they can use yeah, the, exactly. the yeah. artificial one. But um, yeah, but this, that's something that you have. Mm-hmm. Sorry, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. So I, I think um, re- replacing your body parts by artificial ones, I'm also not completely sure whether we want to do that um, because it, yeah, that's, that's like it might be like it might like like to make it affordable to make like like so this is the thing right like to make it so so let's take like um it's because if only a very small percentage of people or like a very small number of clients like just think of market forces right if 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 a very small number of people can't of don't want it Mm -hmm. i'm sorry want it then there's not much incentive to put all this money into building it right yeah but imagine if you build something like that's really like phenomenal and the aim is to give it to everybody. Right? Yeah. And that would that sort of funds the research and the development to help people who actually lost their hands. Yeah. Like so there's a commercial thing. But like I I mean, I've been thinking about it, like for example, sometimes I think, man, I would love to have a prehensile tail. Yeah, well I, I, I think it <laughs> you know works I mean? more indeed on stuff that we don't we can't do yet. So like wings yeah. that you can fly yeah. around. That would be that would be so cool. cool. Yeah. That, that would be, that would be yeah. so, cool. so like like replacing my own hand. Well, I don't see the point of that. I'd rather have wings that can fly around or an extra hand, maybe. Um, yeah. yeah. But replacing stuff that already works. Yeah, I would But like so but no, but like what about your eyes? Like you could have some insane eyes, like yeah. that can see like see super far, like you can see all kinds of spectrums, you can see infrared. Like, wouldn't you want that? I I rather would have glasses that I can put on and then off again. Oh, Maybe that's, okay. Uh... okay, okay, yeah. But the thing is, there are limitations, right? Like yes. there are limitations to your eye, right? Because like you have one optic nerve mm-hmm. and you have a retina that works in a certain way, can pick up certain things, right? But if you can bypass all that, so just go straight from like just you know like. Yeah. This, this is a weird thing to straight to your brain and then like be able to see all kinds of like craziness like i mean yeah they were pretty, pretty cool yeah <laughs> that, that'd be the, but wings wings for sure that would like you know it's like one of my long time fantasies like being able to just like yeah. flap my wings and just fly yeah. around the dream that, that, that that's the dream yeah. but yeah like augmenting our body with uh I feel like that might that that'll probably come first then before we do like any sort of like because yeah. yeah, would that be the necessary yeah. step like a like a necessary step right yeah I think to like prosthetics to... for people who lost body parts I think that will be earlier mm-hmm. um, of course like using robots to atomize the, uh, atomize processes like cleaning cleaning um, the floor um, in your room but also um, building cars and everything so those kind of robots we already have those but adding on robots uh, to do jobs for us basically um yeah so these are all the great stuff but like let's talk about like robots and war and right like war war like fighting, oh, like you know like like yeah. conflicts like armed, armed conflicts mm-hmm. right so i was thinking like well suppose we suppose like we only fought wars with robots, right? Mm-hmm. That was their only like that's, that's so everyone everyone's like gotten so advanced that 
all we do is the only time we go to war is we fight with them with robots, right? Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's an easy argument to make, right? Like if you're the government, you can say, you we no longer we're, we're not going to sacrifice your sons and daughters anymore. We're just going to send robots, and then people are going to control them from the yeah. remotely or like yeah. or like they're completely AI robots, right? And then I was thinking, well, robots are like, wouldn't that like I was thinking that would escalate war to like a huge level? Yeah, it's just the, the the country that's the richest then, and has the better yeah. developers. But the thing is, with robot developers, they also move places because they are, uh, most of the times like want to go to the lab that is the most advanced. Yeah, so. and like think of, like think about robots made of like titanium or like solid metal, mm-hmm. right? Like. Then, like, then, so human beings are not, not that hard to kill, right? Like, they'll be soft, you know, like, just a couple of bullets are good. But those things you'll need, like, like you know, like, missiles and, like, yeah. like mass, high caliber weaponry, right? But if you go so, like, further, uh, you can even do it as a simulation. And then you can... Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's, that, that's, that's exactly what I was getting, yeah. right? So I was thinking, I was thinking, like, okay, so what about, what if we, what if the only reason we go to space, right, to explore the space is to have, like, a war planet? Well, all that, it's like it's one place that we fight all our wars, mm-hmm. right? And, and, and we decide everything. Then I was like, wait, why do we need to do that? Why can't we just have war virtually? Yeah. Like, just like like Call of Duty, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and everyone just plays and whoever, whoever wins gets... So the physical world has a limit to escalation, mm-hmm. right? Like, you can only, like, you know, because even if it's just robots fighting and it's super powerful weapons, it'll leave the entire battlefield just did like destroyed right yes. like imagine the level of weapons you need to kill like a robot that's made of titanium or whatever mm-hmm. right yeah so it's like okay so if we start having war in virtual reality wars mm-hmm. right so like so this is kind of how my brain my brain works so, yeah like, I, I agree sort of... we should do this we should uh, tell all the governments in the world <laughs> yeah that'll be like uh, so i'm th- it's, I mean, just the the role of rob like not just like I mean robot. I, I take robots as a general like term in the sense that non-human intelligences or like non-human things that do human-like stuff, yeah. right? Robots. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so like their role in uh, our society and like how we, it's going to affect how we see ourselves as human beings, right? Like and our role. With each other, especially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, it's... but technology already changed that. Oh, wait a minute. Uh, okay, no, you're here. No. Yeah, you're good. Okay, keep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah technology. Yeah, <laughs> te- te- technical difficulties. But uh, yeah, like uh, technology, always, like um, the fact that we we have been augmenting our world, like our mind and our body. For, for like for as long as we can remember, with just tools and other stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Like, my, like I feel like half of my coding ability is because of Stack Overflow. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So the the ability of how to Google things, yeah, oh, yeah. That's, that's, a, that's so implemented in everyone these days, mm-hmm. or like well, not yeah. everyone, but um, especially in our our uh, program, um, like program programs in general know how to google uh, um those kind of yeah i spent i mean i spent most of my time googling error code error, error messages right like what the hell does this yes, mean exactly. yeah. <laughs> so it's crazy like um like the 
so we are like our mind is already been augmented like it's sort of part of this big network yeah. right? and then we search it to find information mm-hmm. and uh, now we're thinking about you know putting the stuff into like physical like the difficulty seems bringing it into the physical world is the is the difficulty yes yeah yeah because you can come up with very good ideas implement them and then try them out in a, on the physical robot um and then yeah all everything breaks down because like of the motors cannot handle it or like the gravity takes part or uh, plays a part suddenly or something all those the different aspects you really have to take into account so at what point do you think we have to worry about robots in the sense that um we have to think about our laws and how like like our like you know they're already like they're already like this weird thing on, on the internet like you know like uh, don't harm robots or like you know robots are humans too or something like stuff like yeah. that you know? i actually think that there, that we already should think about these kind of things because we're not there yet but um um as soon as we have it we have to have these laws into account and also people have to understand these laws um and have to obey them while implementing robots. Um, and it shouldn't be the same people who think about the laws and implement them. Because they should be different because then um, there's some independence uh, between those two fields. So we actually should already start. And I, I, I know that, I think they also already started uh, thinking about how we can uh, create rules within our society of, of how robots should handle certain aspects, um, war-related war or just in general. So, <laughs> you know, this is a terrible thought, but I was talking, well, it's not a terrible thought, but like I was talking to like, you know, so at some point in human history, mm-hmm. we we decided slavery is a bad thing, mm-hmm. right? Like we did, it for, we did it for thousands of years, you're like, slavery is bad. Yeah. So let's, let's stop doing that, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, at least some most people in the world. I mean, there is still going on. In case, like people should we know about this? Like, it's ter- like it's bad. But anyway, so you have this robot, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this, that, that's like so. This whole question of which, what rights should you give this robot? Yeah, it's gonna be interesting, right? It's like, well, if you're gonna give it human rights, are we admitting that this is now a human being? Like, how does that work? Yeah, isn't there a robot who has a passport? Somewhere? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah. you know, yeah. dude, dude, that 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 story is so funny. Like, because he the the it was I think Saudi Arabia that gave this robot or like some Middle Eastern I think I'm pretty sure it was Saudi, right? That gave robots, um, that gave robot that gave the robot the right human rights or whatever. Yeah. Which is funny because at I'm pretty at that point women were not even not even allowed to drive. In in uh, in in Saudi, so I was like, man, yeah. robots became humans before before females were allowed to, yeah, uh, that's, allowed to drive. Uh, right? Yeah. So these, these are like these are things that are pretty weird. Mm-hmm. Like human beings are like like we're they're struggling with these things yes. so much everywhere, yeah. right? Like how the hell do we set up set all these things up? So do you think a robot will have to have a body before we have the conversation, or do you think like just even a software based? like a, a AI that passes the Turing test. That's completely like a her level thing. Yeah, I think we should have a conversation then or earlier than just having the body. And because the, the creating the body, um, it, it's hard 
so uh, it's not easy but it's that's just the last part then and you have to start already earlier with uh, with creating laws on this that's my do you, opinion do you do you like dabble in sci-fi at all like uh, like science fiction and stuff about this like any interest in that in any like movies or books um i do but um i always try to see them in a as a different uh, field than, than my field. So I don't think about, oh, what would happen if we have this robot um, in our world? Because it's not, it's okay. not uh, like, especially for example, if you look at, um, uh, at um, what's the name, the Marvel movies. So yeah. Oh yeah, Ultron? Yeah, for example. So if you have those kind of um, robots, in our in our um, in our in our worlds, that's it's a very different. That's very scientifically based, and that's not going to happen. Have you, have you seen the movie Wally? Yes, of course. <laughs> oh, Wall! No, like okay, think about a robot like Wally, mm-hmm. right? That would be great. I would love a robot like Wally. Yeah. Like he's like like he's he's adorable. Like he's fun. Right? He like he's he like, he moves around. Like it doesn't have look doesn't have look, doesn't even look like a robot. But like I'm mean, sorry, as a human. But it it's enough. Like I was completely absorbed by that robot. Yeah. Like I was in. I was. I felt bad for him, and I you know like I wanted him to succeed, mm-hmm. and like his emotion, like his like reactions. Yeah. And, oh, that was brilliant. Yeah, that's actually where we started the anthropomorphism uh, part. Oh, anthropomorphized yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think actually that body is a very bad example of what a robot can be because it's it's. <laughs> It, the body can't do anything basically while well, it can drive yeah. around and like fix itself and like so it can actually yeah. do quite a lot but it's very limited yeah. because it's just yeah. of stuff in his body and then make yeah. it in a box um, it's mostly in the eyes right yes like, it's almost all of his emotionalities everything's in the eyes yeah. like just the way the eyes bend and change, and it sounds like mm, yeah exactly. eh. that's, like, that's like such a weird um so the social part in raleigh is very strong um, because it's mm-hmm. a pixel movie, of course, but um, it's a very strong um, uh, component of the robot that it can be like it can express emotions and it can think pretty cleverly, um, but the body cannot do that much, and it's like such a big difference that I feel like right, that's right. never going to happen. Like, yeah, even like so, even even the robot he falls in love with, yes. Eva, right? Yeah. Like she's like it's. I think. Honestly, like so, think about the, like think about the limitations that they had for that robot. Like, I mean, for the movie, right? So, so the the creators couldn't use actual words, but they had to put to like portray these things with just this animation. Mm-hmm. I, I think they did. I did. I think they did, they did a phenomenal. They did job. it. Like, yeah, it was very uh, good implement. Yeah. Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. Like, I think there's a lot to learn there for like you know just like human computer interaction just for basic you know mm-hmm. like. Little, little little robots. Um, yeah, and I, but like at, at at some point they also created a robot and they hired um, um, animators to help them expressing or creating emotions for a robot without actually the face as a human, so that it can mm-hmm. express some emotions by just moving around. Um, yeah. The, to, to display emotions, not per se for a purpose, but just because they wanted to express emotions with the robots. Right. So let's think, so like, so I think 
a big part of robots. I think we, we should definitely think about robots or like at least something we should put money into it more than anything because for me, I think for space, for space exploration, mm -hmm. right? Yes. Yeah. Um, like, it, okay, okay. Let's, let's, think, let's think of it like a little bit crazy. It's like, imagine because the human body does not do well in space, right? Like, like our bone density drops, or like our everything starts to get weird in space, yeah. right? And we are, and we and we are we are we are susceptible to radiation, all this other nonsense, mm -hmm. right? So we want to send robots to to all these places, and we also want to have robots as company to for like you know astronauts, and yeah. we can talk to them and like play with them and all this other mm -hmm. stuff. So there's so much like. Right, I think there's a lot of there's a lot riding on this, uh, on this, on this path yeah. of trying to like get people to. Yeah, and actually, something that we can um, invest in what they already do, but um, is is like make the communication throughout space faster, um, mm. because like the the Mars rover, um, the the the, fir the first one, um, or the second one, um, that drove around, they. The researchers really had to implement or like talk to each other and say like okay what are we going to do with the robot next week um, because we have to implement it first then we have to send it to the robot and then the next week it can work or the next days it can come work on this project um, but because it's such a slow process because they have to send this behavior to the robot um, it takes so much time um, and i think that communication between robots yeah. in outer space and here can be be improved yeah for sure there's like, um, did you? I mean, you've seen the Terminator movies, right? Yes. No. <laughs> I mean, every, no. that's pretty much that's pretty much what everyone thinks yes. of when they when they when they hear uh -huh. robots and like yeah the 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 robot the takeover of humans. But like, there is a kernel of truth in that. Not like the the, the apocalyptic takeover, but like the, like the ones you just talked about, right? Like the robots taking over things that. Uh, we, for example, usually rely on family or like our friends to do yeah. um, social ro social robots, especially yeah. taking all those little little roles. And let's hope war as well. Yeah, I mean, man. Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen, but it would be great if... Uh... No, it would, be, it would be like interesting, right? Like imagine if right now the war in Ukraine was being fought by just robots. Yeah. Like it seems, like, I don't know. <laughs> It is weird. So okay, okay. So I mean, okay. I'll, well, you've you've given me almost an hour of your time, so I'm, I'm not gonna. Uh, no, okay. I, I, I'm, yeah. Uh, so, but like, but also, like, I wanted. So let's let's just um, uh, talk about um, what kind of future do you think is something that's. So these are the couple couple of questions that I ask everyone I've spoken to so far. Mm -hmm. Like, what kind of future is worth like running towards, like running like hell towards? And then what kind of future is like we should run as far away from it as possible? So uh, things to invest in is our, when you look at the social robotic aspect is um, interpreting emotions or like um, yeah, emotions from humans so that and that robots can also show emotions and that they understand this, uh, this scenario. Also create an adaptive robot that can actually indeed adapt itself completely to a certain user. Um, things that we should run away from from is well having too high expectations 
um, <laughs> right now. So we don't have to be scared that robots will take our jobs uh, at all. Um, it, for, first of all, they won't take our jobs and they will also create new jobs. Like if you have a robot, you also need uh, someone who checks the robots or like uh, fixes them or, or just um, turns them on or something. Yeah. So the thing is, so like, that's a good point. So, you know, this is the way, so this is a, this is actually a hard statistic to, for, for, for people, for, for people to get, right? So, uh, you know, so I'll just, I'll just take the U.S., ex the, the United States example, okay? Um, the U.S. Army, uh, I'm not sure if they still do this, but the U.S. Army had, at least the last I checked, they have an IQ requirement for you to join the Army, okay? So if it's below 80, you, you can't join. Mm -hmm. right? and, and this is the army. So army will take anybody, right? Yes. It's like I need, they just want bodies, right? And they just need like people who can follow instructions. And it's like, that's like 10% of the population, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So like, as let's say, like, like, like you just said, so what are those people, what are those people going to do when uh, there are robots who can pretty much do whatever it is that they want, like they can do, like, so like repetitive, dull, and boring tasks are ripe for robots and uh, AI to take over, yeah. right? And I mean, even like even lawyers. So, so when I was, um, like, I know for like, like law firms in the UK, for example, mm -hmm. they hire teams. So the first step they do is like they do they hire teams in countries like Sri Lanka to do all the research for them mm -hmm. on cases and stuff, okay. right? Because yeah. it's cheaper, yeah. right? But then you can abstract that further and say, you know what, like, why can't I just have a AI who can does, who does, who has, a, who has really good NLP to go through all these case files, find all these the links and like, you know, just come up with the connections that I need. Yeah. So like, it's a, uh, that's a tricky question, right? So do you think, I think there's actually a credible reason to worry about AI, especially taking over some jobs because they're going to do that. I mean, they're doing that already, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, think about, think about self-driving trucks, for example. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think that um, in those kinds of scenarios, I think the, the AI can actually help the human instead of taking it f uh, over fully. Uh, so with the truck driver, yeah, I, I'm, I, I do th see that at some point there will be trucks that can just drive out of, uh, out of on their own <laughs> um, mm -hmm. uh, without a truck driver. However, you have to take into account that there are humans on the same road that can um, have, yeah, they can get an accident or they can be unexpected situations that the AI cannot deal with. Um, and that's a very ethical question, like who is responsible then? If something happens with an AI uh, on the road or somewhere else, who will resp be responsible? And Yeah, that's that's the huge yeah. thing, right? Like who's responsible for the, for what, what, what a car does? I mean, we've, we've been talking about that in, in AI ethics quite a yeah, bit. Yeah, exactly. What's the... Yeah. What's the what's the what's the problem? So like you know like if if now uh, malfunctions 
somehow yeah. and like you know is teaching these kids and it like <laughs> punches them in the face or yeah. something <laughs> who's responsible is it the person who did the programming is it the company that made the robot mm-hmm. yeah you know so these kind of questions should be answered and um for now it's pretty obvious or well, is it obvious well maybe not but like in the case of now it's obvious that the programmer then if it's programmed that it's the problem of the programmer. If it's not programmed, then maybe it's uh, it's the company. Right. Um, right. But you probably can argue for that as well. Um, so, so, so like that, that's weird, right? Let, let's say like let's say I like, so when I was when I was a kid or like I don't know when I was like, even now okay like say 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 before I was an, before I was technically adult so let's say eighteen years old right if I if I if I if I screwed up whose fault is it is it my fault so is it my parents' fault yeah. is like like my environment's fault I mean that's that's actually a problem we have right mm-hmm. like so. As humans, what we've sort of decided is that if it's a child or like an adolescent, it's less their fault. It's like the degree of how much it's your fault increases as you get older. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, like. because you have more experience in the world. Yeah. yeah. So, would you do that to robots? Like, like if a if a self driving robot is has been on the road for just one year, it's like this is not its fault, you know. And but then if it's like ten years old, it's like, you know, it's been around, it's got experience, it's learned. This should not be happening. So yeah. now it's the, you know, I don't know yeah. But you can't uh, get money from a, a robot. Uh, you can't um, bl- like um, the emotional. Thing. Yeah, you can't sue them. You can't. You yeah. Know, so that's uh, that's like, the things that you have to. Uh, that ethics people should uh, think about. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. I mean, this is like it becomes a problem for like insurance, right? We'll have to like change our entire insurance sort of yes. framework. It's like, okay, well, who's the who the hell is responsible for this accident? Mm-hmm. And, then, and then it's like, okay, who's gonna who's going to pay, yeah. right? Yeah, right. That's the like these are real like actual problems. So I think I think it, these also need to be talked about and solved concurrently. Yes, if you want to have robots out in the world doing things that you want a robot to do mm-hmm. yeah definitely right so, yeah so that so that people feel safe having you know like a robot in their house taking care of their grandma or like mm-hmm. you know picking up uh, yeah and, and of course privacy but that's uh, something let's not go into depth about that but those kind of aspects should also take be taken into account oh no for sure like yeah. i mean if you're having the robot in your house it's hearing and seeing everything yeah like it's I mean, I think Europe and Google Home. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So like, okay, so I am terrified about that, right? So so like, I okay, I don't know who to trust at this point. Like, I I want to believe Apple is reasonably good with their privacy stuff, but I have no idea. And I like so one of my friends went to Italy uh, a few days ago, right? And all of a sudden, I'm seeing Italian like commercials for Italian beer yeah. and stuff on YouTube, and I'm like, "Wait a minute! This is this a coincidence? Yeah. Like, this is this can't be a coincidence, right? What the hell?" Yeah. Um, Sometimes, if you also speak so, to but, people, and then suddenly you get an advertisement about that topic, that you're like, "What?" <laughs> so, it, so like, it's also it's the thing is it's hard to pinpoint why on earth you're seeing this. Yeah. Right, like, is it because of your use usage, or is it because of the usage of the people that you can connect to? Yeah, that's also possible. That they right. searched, yeah, searched for it. It's 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 a it's a it's a mess. So now imagine now you put a robot in your house, and then all of a sudden, I mean, Alexa or like Google Home or like all those things. Uh, I'm like, 
the convenience is sort of outweighing yeah. the possible possible problems, mm-hmm. right? Like telling Alexa to order to order toilet paper is so easy yeah. compared to like going to the goddamn store and like picking this shit yes. up and coming back home and it's a mess. Yeah. But so like that's a that's a real real like do you have any of these AI things at your house? Like a like an Alexa or like a Google uh, no but uh, I do use the Google Assistant quite often. I don't have a Google okay. Home but I do use the Google Assistant quite often. Yeah. Okay. All I use Siri for is like start the timer or like yeah. what time, what, what what like what's the way like, like, television. Yeah, yeah. Play music. Yeah. No, it's super useful in the gym. It's like I just hold it, say, hey, play something yeah. else. I like play something. Give him on a bike, and then uh, I want to change my music. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so useful, yeah. right? Like having something that like even semi intelligent mm-hmm. is can be so useful. Yeah. It's unbelievable, right? And like think about that, like Google search, like it's gotten so good at like showing you precisely. Like when was the last time you went past the first page of Google? Uh, yeah, exactly. I can't. Uh, right? yeah. <laughs> you can't think of it, right? You can't think of the time yeah. you did that. It's so good now. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, so yeah, finding information and like getting things done. Yeah, it's gonna be great. Anyway, so Miriam, I'm not gonna take up much more of your time. I know you have things to do. Uh, well, this has been great. Like this, is, this has been really fun yeah. and uh, talking about uh, robots in the future and like the research stuff. Yeah, um, is there any? Are there any? Like, uh, are there any books that you might recommend people people to read? Or like, doesn't matter what genre. Just like it could be nonfiction, fiction, or like books, movies, TV shows, anything. <laughs> what? Mm. Anything come to mind? I don't. I, I didn't mean to put you on the spot. No, this is. Uh, <laughs> I should. Oh, there's a dissertation. Um, <laughs> come on. A dissertation. Area, okay, perfect. <laughs> that I mean that 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 counts. I yeah. Guess. No, right. there is. Um, um, yeah, I don't really. Uh, like I used to. I, I I probably have a recommendation somewhere, but I just can't come up with it. You know? No, no, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's totally fine. It's no, it's no big deal. It's no big deal. I just wanted to ask. Yeah. Anyway, well, uh, thank you for your time. Yeah, thank you for fun. inviting me. I uh, enjoyed course. it. And, uh, yeah, and I'll uh, and uh, I'll I guess I'll see you in class, right? Yeah. So this is so this has been great. Um, okay, I'll catch you. All right, All right. Catch you later. Yeah. Bye. All right. Bye. Thank you for joining me in this conversation. I hope you got something out of it. And until next time.